Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to Black and White Nebraska. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest episode of Better Call Saul and our first check-in with Gene Takovich. And joining me to digest all these Cinnabons, now that he's no longer watching his waistline, it's Ebube! I'm good, I appreciate the freedom to eat all the sweet stuff that I want, so yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, before we even go into, did watching that whole montage of Cinnabons, was it like, was it alluring to you? Was it repulsive? Like, what, what was your, your takeaway? I think it was interesting because um, <laughs> this, the amount of work they put into showing the process, mm-hmm. and also watching that guy eat those things over and over again was starting to give me a headache because. Turning, Turning his plate, using the fork and knife. Yo, just... he had a he had a process. He's like, yeah, you know, I haven't had these in so long because my wife. But look how he knows exactly what to do, when to do it, the angle <laughs> to do it in, how fast to do it. I'm just like, bro, like, like he takes the exact same amount of time every exact time. same time between three minutes. He, and he's three been doing call. this. Somebody needs to call yeah. his wife. Um, well, it's the first time you and I are speaking about Saul since the the mid season. Yep, yep. Finale, I guess we could call it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a very, part of me was sad. I wasn't talking about it because it's been a very, what? It's been two episodes, I think, or three, two? T- ten uh, and, um, I think it's eight a, and maybe nine? two. Yeah. Yeah. I, eight I and think nine. It's yeah, eight and nine. Eight and nine. It's Lalo's death and then Kim leaving. So yeah, it's been, it's been an eventful couple of episodes. Um, mm-hmm. If for some, some reason, somehow, I don't even know how that would be possible, maybe thanks to the algorithm. This is your first time on the podcast. Where, like I said, we're covering the end of this incredible Better Call Saul wrap-up. And if all things go according to plan, it will be here right to the very end. Three more episodes. So, please, yep, yep. wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just follow us, subscribe. That way you get notified when new episodes drop. And if you watch Saul, I'm going to take a swing and guess that you have good taste. So, maybe you're already watching or you're about to start watching Industry. We're going to be covering that. Even the episodes finish in America on HBO, HBO Max, our episodes will be up. So you can listen to that immediately you want. Um, yeah, we're going to be covering the chaos of Industry Season 2. So yeah, please, like I said, follow us. Rate and review wherever you're listening. And then follow us on social media and then you can notify when the episodes come out. Uh, the next few weeks are going to be mostly covered around these two shows, Better Call Saul and Industry. Uh, but there are some very high-profile fantasy shows just around the corner. So maybe... Maybe we'll be venturing into Westeros and Middle Earth. I'll, we'll see how the scheduling goes. There are only so many shows we can talk about at a time. So, um, yeah, as always, just the best way to do all that is to follow us and subscribe and then get notified when new things come out. Um, yeah, so Soul 610, three episodes to the end. We're, we're almost there. Um, Crazy. This episode is, yeah, this episode is titled Nippy. Written by Alison Tatlock, who is like one of the mainstays of the Better Call Saul universe. I believe she was probably right on Breaking Bad as well. Mm-hmm. And is directed by the great Michelle McLaren. If you don't know that name, you should, because she's directed some of the best episodes of some of your best TV shows, ranging from Game of Thrones to Breaking Bad, obviously. Um, and she was a big director on Breaking Bad, but hasn't directed an episode of Saul since I think season four. This is her third episode. 
Um, which coincidentally she directed the this you call this the fourth to last, right? The fourth to last episode of Breaking Bad. She directed that as the episode just before was yeah. and yes. Mm-hmm. And she's directing the um fourth to last of Soul as well. Anyway, what did you think of this episode? Were you surprised that this was a Gene episode? Like, what did you expect? Obviously, after we finished last episode with Saul Goodman, what did you think was going to happen in this episode? I guess I wasn't entirely sure. Um, I didn't know if they'd show us Saul doing Saul stuff. But I think it's a good move that they showed us Gene doing Gene stuff. Mm-hmm. Because um, they actually released something at some point during the mid-season break um, on YouTube about Gene just like a synopsis of everything he's been going through so far, like a bit of a summary. Okay. And when, like, if you, I know a lot of people, depending on where you watch this, like people are probably like skipping the intro maybe, but if you watch the intro of this episode, it actually moves away from that. Um, Cause you know, they like to show vestiges of, you know, broken pieces, mm-hmm. like all these things of like when Saul was Saul and they shows things that in tatters, things that used to be in, Glamour yeah, like and lawyer or whatever the case may be. Things like that, yeah. Yeah. So they were showing that as usual. It was a black and white one, though. And then mm-hmm. it breaks. Like the, the tape kind of just takes a, like an abrupt stop. And um, it's blue screen and it just says, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, so it's almost as if the series itself is kind of breaking that wall there. And it's like, we're going back to the present because. You know, Better Call Saul is the past, and we have to remember it's the past before Breaking Bad, and it's easy to think Breaking Bad is the present, but it's not. Gene's story is the present, mm-hmm. at least as far as we're concerned with the story. Um, this is because I'm guessing this is all still happening before 2010. No, so, I, I mean, I think it's going to be ten because I think Breaking yeah. Bad is two. Breaking Bad is two years, and Breaking Bad starts in '08. Yeah, so around so I think, I think Bre- yes. Breaking Bad covers two years. So this would probably be... Bre- yeah, Better Call Saul, 10. I think, starts 2006. No, 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 no. So I think Saul starts in 04. Four? Really? Yeah, I think Saul starts in four. Because Saul covers at least two, three years. Yeah, true. You're right. It covers more than just two years. Maybe even years. earlier not, than four. Not maybe, I think about maybe two, three? Because... There are lots of indications... Yeah, yeah based on like, it was always hard to we jump from, stuff like that. Yeah, it was always hard to we jump from Saul to Breaking Bad, which is eight. So I think, I think the last point we see Kim and Jimmy in Saul, I think that might be like two thousand and six, maybe. Potentially, yeah. So yeah, he, I mean, he's he's definitely been Saul for a while before we meet him in Breaking Bad, anyway. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you know, taking us to Gene's part of the story, I think that's pretty interesting because last we saw him, he was worried that his cover had been blown. Mm-hmm. So Gene kind of becomes Saul for a little bit to ensure his bases are covered. And at first I wasn't sure what he was doing. Like, I mean, looking at the, the little synopsis that they, that they write for the thing, it's like, yeah, Gene engages in the scheme to like cover it, to protect himself or whatever they wrote. And I was like, okay, what's he going to do? And once I saw the nippy thing, first of all, I thought that dog was a cat. I was like, oh. at first I was like, what, what, <laughs> what is this dog? But it's okay. I mean, him getting... He can find out information. We know he's good at that. Um, mm-hmm. And he finds this lady, and then we see her son. And, and once he walks in, I'm like, wow, not this guy really getting in close with this this guy's mom, just so he can turn him. I was like, okay, what's his deal here? Guy asks him, and then we get to a point where he's literally just um, trying to coax the guy into, into trusting him. Mm-hmm. And I remember when all the Cinnabons were being eaten, I was like... Is his goal to what's get this guy captured? Yeah, yeah because the, yeah. 
because they showed him training and i was like first of all my goodness they're really like they've created a training circuit for this i mean that, that is such it's, attention it's, to detail and jimmy lot. has always been someone with attention to detail but my goodness it, it almost feels like a kim plan like it feels like almost yeah he like, definitely took some cues like from her <laughs> jimmy jimmy would have been very straight to the point but this is like kim's detail oriented well we'll get let's yeah. get to the, we'll get to the the heist and the plan in a second well did you know that that was like did you recognize because it's a, it's a new actor like did yeah. you recognize that that was jeff yeah, I I, I, knew, I noticed the face was different, but when I saw him in the role, the style of dressing as well, mm-hmm. and the fact that he knew he was Saul, I was like, okay, this is definitely the guy. Yeah, because when he first came in, I'm like, I don't understand. So I actually had to pause and go on YouTube and like, okay, just give me the compilation of all the... Because on Netflix, they, they, they didn't do like previously on or whatever. So mm-hmm. give me the compilation of all the Gene, Gene storylines. Because I remember that somebody had outed him. I was like, this is not this. Because the actor that I know that face, and apparently I think he was shooting The Incredible Beyond the City while this was... So he couldn't make this one. So that was a bit surprising. Obviously, uh, the, the legendary Carol Burnett plays Jeff's mother, Marion. So all that was like, okay, what is, what is Jimmy's plan here? When I realized that they had created this whole... <laughs> So obstacle course, I was just like, oh my God. Um, Amazing. I was very surprised because I thought this was going to be the episode we see Walt and Jesse. It made, like, in terms of my mind's chronology, it made sense that he's so good, man. He's like, because you guys, I think you guys, in last week's episode, you guys kind of assumed that he was, that that so good man Koda was a bit closer to the Jimmy and Kim timeline. But I think... It's closer to the Breaking Bad. I think that that's maybe like 2007. I think that's very close to the Breaking Bad time because mm. I feel like it, I feel like at least a year has passed between the Jimmy and Kim thing. So I thought we're going to get the so the Walter White and and Jesse Pinkman appearance in this episode. So when I started in black and white, I'm like, oh okay, this is this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I also didn't yeah. know it was going to be a full. Also because Michelle McLaren was directing the episode, I was like, okay, she's a Breaking Bad like alarm. Maybe she's coming back to direct. Um, Vince, um, no, um, Brian Cranston and, and Aaron Paul and Bob Odenkirk again. Yeah. So, exactly. So, yeah, anyway, and I think watching the episode, I realized, and we can use this to talk about the highest if we want. It, it was funny to me because I think essentially this episode is what is the show AMC thought they were buying seven years ago. It's also the show to refer to them what Gilligan and Gould thought they were selling. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. follow any of the history of like how Peter Corsor became a show, like, yeah. at many points they thought it was going to be this wacky lawyer goes on antics kind of show, which uh-huh. is what this episode is. And like, they thought like, they always, they always thought Jimmy would become so by the end of season one. Um, so like, it's, it's quite like, I was like, oh, this is what they, they thought the show was going to be an episode where they do antics and they do high escapades and whatever. And that, yeah. like, we, we finally get in that show, like four episodes to the end, like seven, eight years later. So I, I, th- I found that quite funny. Um, let's talk about the con. How long do you think Jane has had this con burning a hole in his, in his pocket? How long, like, how long do you think he's had this idea or this plan? I'd say a couple of weeks at least um, because it, it takes time, right? First of all, he had to come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Had to come up with, I mean, this is, this is at least like, four to six weeks of work, honestly, because... Oh, no, I, even because, mean, I don't even mean, like, the preparation. I mean, like, how long do you think he already had this idea in his head? Like, before oh. before he even met Jeff. Like, I, I feel like maybe he came into the mall, he was like, he could just already see the structural problems. Or like, this is the yeah. perfect con in this place. It's possible that the, the seeds have been in his head for, like, for a long time, mm-hmm. but he just wouldn't do anything about it, partly because he doesn't want to blow his cover. But, I mean, 
we, he knew where everything was. We, he's goes, he goes there throughout his lunch break. So the idea would have had time to, to form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know there's a little bit of, um, of a moment there at the end where he looks at the stuff that he could have taken and it reminds him of what he used to be. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's on some level, it's nice to see that the fear and paranoia hasn't really taken away, you know, his sense of who he was. He still mm -hmm. kind of appreciates those days. He kind of just wishes he could have them. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that he, he wishes he could have done differently. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he does wear the ring in this episode. So. Exactly. You know, he's, I think, I think this episode really is about him trying to feel like Saul again. Mm -hmm. And he decides to use that to protect Saul's identity by protecting his cover. So it's a lot of applications of nostalgia, I'd say. And, um, the, I mean, the, the guys, it's just always funny how like in Breaking Bad, the, no matter where you look, what part of the story you're in, in this Breaking Bad universe, there's just always two hapless idiots that are willing to help <laughs> with, with something, whether it's like um, Badger and the other guy or mm -hmm. um, or even... Um, Huel and um, his character. Exactly. There's just always people ready <laughs> to do all kinds of hijinks. And it's, it's funny to me. Um, but... You know, this guy staying in that book. I mean, I, I, at first, eh, I thought that, like, I thought that maybe Jimmy wanted this guy to be caught because mm -hmm. during the obstacle course, he wasn't able to make the three minutes. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, is it that Jimmy knows this guy isn't going to be able to do it and then they're going to see him and then they're going to put him in jail and he doesn't have to worry about him anymore? And then, like, because if it's a matter of, okay, his mom is going to be alone. It's like, well, Jean can take care of her, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's it now becomes, well, you know, he has to stay involved in this person's life for too long. He can't have too many friends. So, like, that can't really be it. So, it was clear that he wanted this guy to win. So, when he, the man slipped and fell. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. So, this episode is going. And it's like, it's a better call soul episode. It's not, it's, not, it's not boring in any way. But it's also not like. The first time is whatever. It's not like exciting. It's not like no, it's, it's yeah. a good. It's a good episode. It's not it's like just a, it's jumping a good slow right. burn. You know, he's making some friends. There's a montage, and yeah. then when the montage kicks in, I'm like, oh, okay. I can see why AMC wanted to buy this show. And then when the montage kicks in, I'm like, I'm, I'm it's like a shot of coffee to my eyes. I'm like, this is Basically, so exciting, yeah. right? Like the energy so I'm, just I'm like fully, kicks in. Fully on board. The directing is incredible. They're using apparently that's like a Mission Impossible, like from the Mission Impossible TV show, that's like a bit of music from it, which is mm. called James on the Move. So do with that what you what you please. Um, and then all that is so cool. All that is well done. And then the actual day comes. This is like, I'm assuming you're right. I think this is like weeks of planning maybe because like, I think the biggest testament to Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman or Gene, whatever's abilities, the fact that he was able to get a security guard as his friend. By the time this Truly. was happening, like they were, like they were like, playing what? fake football. I was like, oh, this this guy is really You can literally see him in the montage reading the news, the sports section of the newspaper so that he knows what's happening and he can keep up the conversation. Like, yeah. This was he's, real commitment. He's reciting stats. Nick, the security guard, who obviously he was like, get a lawyer in the earlier flashbacks, is like, all of a sudden he's his friend. They're like, hey, yeah. Gene, welcome. I'm just like, oh, wow, this is like. Asking about his daughter. <laughs> his daughter is like, she'll be fine. So, so when he, like, back to what you said earlier, when he slips, I'm like, oh shit. I was like, oh, I really wanted this guy to get through with this. I don't want guys to make, to, to make, to make, yeah, to make it out. Is he going to stall? And then, and then we get just incredible, incredible Gene, incredible Saul, incredible Bob Odenkirk. Like 
he's able to play comedy in that scene while also like obviously making this lie but also we know that part of that is true because we've known this character yeah. it's just it's just incredible writing incredible acting from Bob Odenkirk um mm-hmm. and well yeah they do obviously pull off the heist which leads us to 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 Marion's garage when they're when I like this scene a lot because we should mention that during that obstacle course we do get a reference of Walter White which is which was like I was like oh I, I kind of sat I was like that's the first time we're getting like a Walter White like, reference really, in exactly. like it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like imagine if you watched House of the Dragon for like ten years and then they were like Lannister in like season ten you're like oh that's I know that name and <laughs> it's the it's the Leo DiCaprio meme I'm like I, I know that so he says that and then in that final or well, penultimate scene when he's kind of like threatening um jeff and his friend about like look mutual assured destruction i found that so interesting because i don't think that is jimmy mcgill i don't think that's so goodman i think that's like so goodman that has gone through heisenberg like that's not like he couldn't Mm. have been that guy two episodes ago right because he was still saw he was still flashy yeah he's essentially gene He's now he's now someone that has he's like Jean. yeah he's he's watched Walter White become Heisenberg and he's hid like poisoned pills that Walter White tried to use to poison a kid or whatever like this is a man yeah. that is now not evil but at least more evil than whatever Saul Goodman was and he was wearing all this so I found out he's willing like, to make sure he doesn't go down alone which is a very mm-hmm. Walter White thing to do yeah and just just the way he goes like I'm not your friend he goes very I'm like that is not he can't like. He can't play that character or he can't say those lines before meeting Walter. Because you're like, come on, Jimmy, what are you doing? Like, I know you, Jimmy. Like, you're afraid of love. Yeah, Jimmy wants about? everybody to be his friend so that he can yeah, do like, something. Like, but Gene is like, leave me alone or I'll burn you. <laughs> yeah, and like, I probably will do it because I know how to do it. I'm surprised he didn't like threaten his mother. I guess that's what Walter wanted to have Like, he really got them to um, commit a whole bunch of federal crimes. Like, these guys committed felonies. I mean, mm-hmm. g- renting the van out of state and bringing it in is just like a beautiful touch. <laughs> it, it's so like, uh, without being too obvious about it, like, it's a man who has had three different lives using all that knowledge for one heist. Like, he uses Jimmy McGill's knowledge of the law. He yeah. just saw Goodman's, like, flair for the dramatic and directing and heist. And then he uses Gene's, like we said, menacing. It's just all to... It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you're having access yeah. to all your multiverse selves and you're just getting all the memories and just and just using to create this this this, this new... It's just very yeah. well done. It's, it's, it's a great development because Jimmy is, you know, he's really he's scrappy and he's trying to to make it he's trying to rise up Saul is essentially coasting because he's gotten everything he needs and he's sort of lost a lot of his mm-hmm. morals but mm-hmm. Gene is in survival mood he's like I just don't want problems I don't want to be found yeah, I don't want like, to be known this the fact that somebody said oh I think I recognize you and the person really just wouldn't let it go he goes out of his way to do all this just to engage in mutually assured destruction for the, just for that sole reason mm-hmm. Like, okay, listen, you found me, great. Here's some nice things. Do with them whatever you want, mm-hmm. but leave me alone. If you, get if you greedy, don't leave me alone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very well done. It's very well done. I, I, I think, like, uh, the coolness of the heist cannot be overestimated. Like, I really wanted them to, to get it's a gr- It was Which, a great plan, I have to say. And then when, obviously, when Jeff slips, I'm already doing, like, my mental calculation. I'm like, okay, so wait, is this... Is this what's going to take us like 
is this the inciting incident? Like, are the police going to come? Is this, is this what takes us for the next three episodes? Yeah. Which then leads us to the point that, like, the episode kind of ends. It ends. Let me just put it like that. Like, with a happy ends. ending, just like Jesus. <laughs> yes. It's a happy yes, ending. It ends with, with, the, with the happy ending. You're like, and I think it's very interesting because people have often talked about how Better Call Breaking Bad had one or two or three different endings, right? You have the ending in Ozymandias, you have the ending in Granite State, and then you have the actual end, not the, well, the final, final ending in, in Felina. And I think we've got two finales in back-to-back weeks. Mm. Like, if Better Call Saul ended, if Better Call Saul, the show that we've been watching, ended last week, how many complaints are we having? I guess, I guess that could be acceptable. They did, they did shoot it like it could, like a real combination, yeah, of like, not what, just of events but of character. What questions you know, they, are they we? Showed everything, yeah. What questions are we not? Are we um, asking for answers for after last week's episode? True. There, there, I mean, we we know everything that happened to everybody who wasn't in Breaking Bad at this point. Well, we, we still don't know everything about Kim. That isn't necessarily final. But if they told us this was final, we could have accepted it because for what reason? Yeah, we we, we have know, no reason to not accept it. Exactly. We know that it was Kim leaving him that pushes him to become Saul. Mm-hmm. We know why Kim. Like everything made sense last week's episode as a finale. That you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. That we have we have four episodes as a last. We have four episodes left to go. And then this week, they answered the, really the only question that had been unanswered, which was, what happens to Gene? Yeah, and how is Gene if, surviving if, out there? <laughs> if they say this episode is just one last hurrah for Gene, and it's like one last, like, um, it's a TV version of Camino, I guess, of El Camino. is like, this is one last con for Gene, and then he gets to leave his quote-unquote happily ever after. And I said, this is the finale. I'm like, okay. Like again, I'm not. I don't have many questions to ask. So it's like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. we have three episodes left. What is going to happen? I, I mean, I think Carol Burnett in one of her other interviews or whatever, she lets it slip that she has that she's in more than one episode, which does mean that this might not be the last we see of Jean. So, so that that could be like, obviously that I could be that's definitely interesting in terms of how, how the story develops. But like, I, I have no idea. I cannot even like begin to plot like. I just feel like we've already seen two endings. I'm like, okay, what happens next? I'm just, I'm actually so excited for like what could happen next because I don't have no idea where the story is going. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had asked me four weeks ago, I'd have told you that we we're still dealing with Lalo at this point. <laughs> and like, Facts. And then we're still, still Lalo and God. So, like, the fact that that was, that was dispatched, dispatched. Can't that's in, over. In what, like, so let me just talk about this now because I wasn't on the podcast. So, when that happened, I did feel a bit, a bit underwhelmed. Because I know you guys spoke about it on the podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, it was Wait. surprising." I mean, it's cool that that it happened, and we've seen how it happened. But I do, I don't think we expected this like, to happen was like, that Lalo way is, or that fast. Yeah, I was like, "Wait, Lalo is dead in in one hour of just TV, and he's buried in the lab with Howard." Like, and, it, and I was like, "Huh?" So, like, I mean, think about it more. I've, I've liked the idea of it more because we've seen what they do, what they've done in succeeding episodes. But at that point, I was like, "Huh? Isn't?" Isn't Lalo is meant to be Thanos? Isn't this underwhelming? <laughs> I was like, so in, in, that, in that moment, I was like, I was like, I was like, what? So, but obviously, in in following weeks, I'm like, oh, okay. I, obviously, I get. I, look, I, I have never doubted these these writers ever in my life because these are. Yeah. I I think these are probably the quintessential TV writers of the last. 40 years which means that of all time because really has TV been better yeah. than it has been in the last few years they know like, how to not waste anything 
to do better control than Breaking Bad. That's just like yeah. If you had you have Breaking Bad fighting with like with Sopranos and Mad Men and The Wire and all that, and maybe early Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But then when the same people go out and do better calls, so you're like, okay, well, you know what? You guys just just take it, just take the crown. And yeah. do it. I was like, it's that's Literally, cool, you I, guys. I trust them so much that when Gene was like leaving the Cinnabon mm-hmm. to go to the trash, like when we when we didn't know what he was doing yet, and we see the guy on like the on um the the, the waxer, yeah, yeah, the waxer. And they nod in my head. I'm like, okay, well, how is that guy going to be <laughs> part of the plan? <laughs> these guys never ever show us anything that isn't going to, that doesn't have some reason. Like they they know how to use every single thing that like they, everything is for a reason. Generally, mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, I wouldn't. So I mean, maybe that guy was just there for just to show that there's comedic effect or show that there's a witness. Yeah, or, probably probably like consistency and like the routine. Yeah, there's consistency. Or maybe he'll become relevant in a later episode somehow. Who oh, knows? Oh, actually, do you know what? I'm just thinking about it now. Do you know his relevance? Why does Jeff slip? Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Oh, Bunkley, you absolute genius. Of course. This is like, I'm losing. I'm losing it. <laughs> that is so true. That's actually why he slips. And I think that's why Jimmy reacts the way he does because he's like, of course, that's the one thing I missed. <laughs> oh it, 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 I don't I don't I don't think I call that a gone. It's like a, it's like a comedic red hair. I have no idea what, what the term is, is dramatic term funny. is, but it's it's actually just like yeah. That is I, criminally funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about it now. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, my that's, gosh, that's anyway. wild. That's um, actually I wild. To, I was listening to a Peter Gould interview mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and or maybe last week, I can't remember. And he was talking about, he was very excited about the last few episodes, right? But he also kind of had this thing of like, oh, I think you guys, I think some people might hate us. Like he was like, he was like, oh, I don't like, I don't know how people are going to, to think about this episode, like, so I'm very excited to see what happens in this episode. Like he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I love what we've done, but like some of our fans might hate what we've done. So I'm like, oh, what, what is it, Peter? What have you done? What, what, have, you what done? have you done? What have you done to us? So like, yeah, I mean, look, whatever the, the, the thing is, I'll probably love it because I'm a simp for these writers, and then I'll probably defend it. And even if I don't like it, I wouldn't say that in public because I love the writers <laughs> so much. Can be consistent. Um, yeah, I mean the last three are what I believe is it Thomas Schnauz who gets a shout out this episode in the the Schnauz farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, is it Thomas Schnauz written directed episode? Then uh, Vince Gilligan written directed episode? Then uh, Peter Gould written directed episode? Like, look, that's that's the holy trinity of of Peter Call. So like, that's those are yeah. the guys. So so yeah, I'm just yeah, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I'm assuming maybe next week we'll probably set up the the um, the end game. I would have said maybe. Walter White and Jesse Pinkman come up next week, which makes the most sense. But then maybe they appear in the Vince Gilligan episode. There's a bit of like cosmic synergy there if they are, if they both appear in the episode that Vince Gilligan writes and directs. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts at all about where this story could be going? I'm honestly not sure at this point because like you said, all our questions have been answered. It's just a matter of what they'll show us. Are they going to show us you know, Saul, after he's been Saul a little bit, are they going to show us a little bit more Gene? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, th- maybe this guy does get greedy. You know, maybe, maybe Jeff does want more and then yeah. Gene has to, has to burn him. It's like, well, I warned you. Cause there is no real way for Jeff to burn Gene without burning himself. 
But there are mm-hmm. several ways for Gene to burn Jeff without burning oh, himself. So, like quite so, if it was Walter White, he would I, literally burn him. Um, quite exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Walter White's such a terrible yeah. person. Such a terrible man. I randomly rewatched um the uh, Mike's death again because it came up on my YouTube again. I'm just like, oh Walter. Same. And I'm just like, why? Walter. This, this didn't need to happen. Walter. It just didn't need to happen. And my just issue with Walter ego. White, which is also Mike's issue with Walter White. He does all these things and then he's like, okay, well, I had to do it because... No, there was no justification. You didn't need to uh, do that. Well, you really well, didn't. Well, You're just well, proud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry for triggering you. But yeah, no, well, oh, Walter, yeah. Yeah, Walter. It's okay. Um, but no, I think... I'm excited. I mean, if, if Carol Burnett is indeed in more than one episode, that would be very... Because the way I've seen people mm-hmm. talk about her performance in the, is like, is like there is more to see, right? Because like, there's, so I mean, she, I mean we're here for it. She's a, yeah. she's a comedy legend. So the way they've described it, as if there's more, someone's like, okay. If there's more, obviously it will have to do with Gene. Then it's like, okay, what what happens? You're right. Does he get greedy? Does does she get onto it? Does Gene make a mistake? Yep. Do the worlds like combine? And I find it again. I find it very very like. I think the only thing that I'm surprised in this was actually the finale was that he does get a happy ending. Uh huh. Right, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't entirely sit with, like I mean, I guess it's it's low key depressing, but it's still a happy ending. It doesn't really entirely sit with the the Breaking Bad mythos, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, Saul Goodman is not or Jim McGill is not Walter White, but I also know he's not Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, right. Jesse Pinkman is kind of who we hold as the best person in this universe. And Saul is so like, the first time. The first time we see Saul, he's recommending killing uh, um, um, Badger. So like, he's not really oh, a good person. So yeah, I don't think I don't think it ends with him dying. Obviously, I think that might be a bit too on the nose. But I think like it's a little bit. It's more bittersweet than we got this episode. I think the ending is a bit more bittersweet than we got this episode. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that clean. There's, there's probably going to be some kind of referendum on previous mm-hmm. actions. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, or, or is it actions, or is it even just these actions in this gene story that kind of, that kind of blow it up? And then yeah. this, this gene, this placement is very interesting because it happens just right after we, we may or may have seen, may or may not have seen The Last of Kim. I, I don't think we've seen The Last of Kim. I'll be very surprised if we've seen The Last of Kim. Yeah, same. I, 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 I can't see how that's possible. Uh, but it's just to place it here is quite interesting. Obviously, again, this episode is the first one this season to not have the X and Y kind of, episode title format so it's just uh-huh yeah man i'm excited for what next week holds uh i just i don't, I don't know man this show okay, yeah it's going in oh. a new direction which is mm-hmm. crazy like for a show to go for a show to just break its mold like this so close to the end mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and this it is just shows be, how ambitious and confident they are yeah and this is going to be the final word on the the gilligan verse right this is going to be in terms mm-hmm. of chronology is going to be the first and the last it's going to it's going to end after El Camino. It's, it started before anything else. So it's going to be mm-hmm. the definitive like timeline of the of the Gilligan verse. It's going to be better called yep. Saul. So it's like what what happens? What's the last thing we're gonna? I don't. I, I'll be very surprised. I don't think. I mean, I would love it. I'll be there day one. But I don't think these guys would try their luck to do another spin off. Like, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got it twice, you I, don't I, to I would imagine they're tired. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine they're tired. But you know what you do when you're tired like that is you continue to invest in what you've built and ensure that everything you've set up has a good legacy mm-hmm. and that everybody who's been watching 
you know, has something that they can look back on. Yeah. And I know you know who I'm subbing, but you know those guys, <laughs> wherever, wherever they are, I'm I'm sure they're fine. Well, George and is back. George is coming back to kind of fix, kind of fix their their mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like that um, Miguel Sapochnik is one of oh, not okay. just a director, but one of the showrunners because. He is like one of the legendary, one of the legendary guys when it comes to I watched, to Game of Thrones cinematography. So that, I mean, yeah, that latest House of the Dragon trailer is so beautiful. I watched it amazing. Like, I've watched oh it like four times. God. I'm just so happy to see it. I was like, I, this, I was with my brother. This. I was like, please watch this. Just watch this. <laughs> I was like, this is so like it looks so good. I was like, what's up, Nick? What are you cooking? Because this looks so good. Bro. Like, um, honestly, I'm so glad because I love this story so much. I read it mm-hmm. years ago. Like, I know they said there, and I know a lot of people are saying that it's based on the world of Ice and Fire, which is like the book that George has been writing to chronicle the world of Game of Thrones. And yeah. the first volume is out. I actually have that. Um, somebody, um, a close friend gave it to me as like a, a gift some years back. And it's really good, but it's actually based on not just that. It's based on a previous book called The Princess and the Queen, um, which actually talks about specifically the war and how the just the entire storyline that we're about to see in House of the Dragon mm-hmm. and that's Dance of the Dragon's um, Civil War. It's um, it's a lot. And basically, let me just say, Rhaenyra walked so Daenerys could run. Yeah. Um, I guess for... I, I know what I was listening to. That. I, yeah. I can promise you that we're going to... Worst case scenario to be one episode when the season finishes. We'll talk about. I think we'll talk about House of Dragon at some point. I just, mm-hmm. I actually do not. At this point, I don't. I don't see how this is not a good show. I mean, even if it's not a great show, I don't like. I feel like there's just so much material. I mean, the it's buzz give that's been coming out a of, lot that they don't know they need. Yeah, the buzz that's been coming out of HBO for months is that like they feel like they have something here, and like you kind of know when a network feels like they have something here, and like the fact that a lot of the rings were like they're so this proud is, of it. <laughs> yeah, and like, look, and then obviously George is back. They're doing all these Comic Con panels, and a lot of the rings were like, "Oh, yeah. this is our date. We're coming out." Game of Thrones were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're coming out two weeks before." By the time we come out, by the time you're coming out, nobody knows what you're doing. Like, so, that's, that's like, such they, a <laughs> gangster <laughs> move. And they've been doing <laughs> this whole dick measuring contest back and forth between Lord of the Rings and, and Game of Thrones, and I like, I think. HBO can only be that confident if they've and like, oh yeah, yeah, we have, we have something. Yeah, literally. And it's, and it's HBO, right? They have lots of good stuff. I mean, anybody who's watching Westworld season four right now knows that we're, we're getting back to basics. Yeah. And it's nice. Yeah. Um, it's definitely good. And then, like, and, um, my, yeah. doc, my love for Matt Smith is well documented on this podcast. So I'm just very excited to see him. In, <laughs> He's just on, great, on honestly. Show. I mean, I don't know if it's crazy to say that my favorite role of his is probably Prince Philip, but he was just so good in that. I don't, I don't think it's crazy because I think that's why I fell in love with him. I was he's like, so good there. I was like, like why what? are you so cool? Why, why are you, yeah, like, why you're are making this character this cool. so cool? Like, what's going on? I'm like, what's going on? Um, For no reason. Oh, it's a weird connection. But obviously, the, I can't remember his name now. The, the actor that follows is Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. Also a Game of Thrones alum. Why can't I remember his name? This is terrible. Um, he's um, he's Sansa's uncle, Ed Tully. Yeah, yeah, Ed, yeah. Wow, I can't remember his name. That's very weird. But it's, yeah. It's really so, cool, yeah. Both Prince Philip. They both found their way to And then look, that that thing's just like um I think Emma Darcy is in House of Dragon, Paddy Cosidine, um Who is also very good. Yeah, I think think Graham McTavish is in there. Receivers, like just a lot of great character actors I've loved. And I know the characters they are playing, these are heavy hitters. Like 
this like because I mean House of the Dragon is very I mean Game of Thrones is huge. It's an epic mm-hmm. and the world keeps expanding. House of the Dragon takes this world that we know has expanded and we concentrate it to the center and the pinnacle, which is kind of like this Targaryen dynasty that everybody has been talking about and why people were so scared when they heard that Daenerys might be alive. Because these people were no joke. And it only makes sense that they could have destroyed themselves from within. <laughs> True. Yeah. There's a, there's you a black just couldn't man, stand against them. There's a black man with dreads in the show as well. Called this Valarian. He's a very cool the, guy. The dragons actually look really cool. Like the dragons look yeah. really cool. Like as in, I'm usually someone that's like, oh, I don't really see bad CGI, but like that is, I'm like, oh. Because oh, yeah, oh, yeah, these are the dragons that we've been hearing about. They have to make them look cool. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, you guys, think you guys the, did this. You guys, like, I forgot that you guys were one, you started this shit. Yeah, like, they're the you, ones. You guys we, started this. <laughs> you started this. <laughs> like we, they, they created this, so I just trust <laughs> I was them. Like, oh, like, yeah, I forgot, I forgot this is, this is, this is your part. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, I've, I don't think I've ever been like, I've never been really cold on the show. But I've also never been really hyped. But with its new trailer, I'm like, oh, this looks, this looks really. I'm very, cool. I'm very, very optimistic. Honestly, August twenty first can't wait to see But it should take its time. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see people start arguing in rooms again about a very uncomfortable chair. That's that. I, I miss, I miss the days, man. TV's back. Bring it back to me. Um, Event television, man. Back in business. But it's been very interesting. As, as someone who obviously loved Game of Thrones while it was great, and has never watched Love the Love the Rings. Boys doing it film and TV podcast. I would really like to see like what the discourse is. Because also, Lord of the Rings, Amazon, even though they've been a bit shaky in their own judging of quality, but they they are moving like they feel like they have something there as well. Yeah. So so imagine if both shows are actually very good. Like imagine if both Amazon and HBO both have quality shows on their hands. That would be very interesting to see how that Amazon back and forth. Did, did just try to do a bit of a foray into this whole like. Um, fantasy type thing well, with, as well. Wheel of time with the diff- yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and from what I from what I heard, that didn't go too well. And I have a friend who's a big fan of that series in the books, and he he watched the first few episodes, and he was like, "I have no idea what is happening here. I don't know." What I mean, I think that show is getting the third season, so at least people, it means people are watching it. But that's what I mean. I mean, their own kind of judging when a show is good or bad is a bit hit and miss and people that watch Lord of the Rings say the, tra- the trailers have been quite 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 good so it, it's like that would be very interesting that would be a very good couple, a couple of months I guess between if both shows are actually as good as their owners think they could be um, yeah I mean Lord of the Rings is ridiculously it's not like isn't it like 500 million 600 million for the first season I think something like that like which is such an insane number. Like people need to forget this is television. I mean, looking, I, I saw one of the featured videos for House of the Dragon, and then Emma Darcy, who plays Renero, was like, "It's almost as if these people haven't been taught that they don't need to build out whole sets anymore. <laughs> like it's like they don't know CG exists, even though they they basically perfected CG for the dragons. Like here they are building out whole castles. It's like you guys, you don't need to do this. You know that, right?" Mm-hmm. The attention to detail is so great, and that's why everything feels so immersive in in the world of Ice and Fire. So it's going to be nice to go back there, and I, I really hope that they stick the landing on however they choose. I hope that people who are like, you know, this happened in the books this way, it should be happening in the show this way too, blah, 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 blah. I hope those people have learned to rest Man, so, we can, all ha- so we can all have peace. Because like they I, can adapt whatever they want. It's an adaptation for a reason. If they want to yeah, do things I, differently, let I, them do it. Just let's I all just enjoy. This. I go through this every time with my with the Marvel people. Because obviously, I'm a Marvel fan. I'm just like you're watching. You're not watching. If you're watching a comic book, you'll be watching a comic book. You're watching something else. Is the creator's Literally, story? Like, like, can we please? Let's all just live happily. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So I think the first season of Lord of the Rings cost $470 million. That's the first season. So, oh, God. One if it's season of TV, almost half a billion dollars. So if it's a 10-episode season, that's what, $46 million per episode. I can barely even imagine what that. Even Game of Thrones doesn't spend that kind of money. Now I want to watch it just to see what they've done with that money. Get Out was five million budgets. <laughs> I just, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Like, what, what kind of effects are you working on to need half a billion dollars? Well, look, it's Amazon, and the only reason they're making a TV is show is because Jeff Bezos was like, "I want to make a lot of the Rings show. I like Lord of the Rings." So he was like, "Here's my, here's my money. Go." So you think he just funded it enough. himself? <laughs> oh, oh I'm not even like. I don't even think that's like. Not true. I, I think he just... He like, probably did, because that's an insane <laughs> amount for any studio to give out. Um. Anyways, so I think, like we said, we have... This could have been a series finale. Last week could have been a series finale for Saw. Um, yeah. I think all that does is just make me more excited for what the the actual series finale is going to be. Um. But yeah, I'm excited for what the last three episodes. Yeah. It's going to be our end of the Albuquerque terrain the gilligan verse so that should be exciting um yeah it just makes me happy to know that this will stand basically forever as a good show that people will just always have you know if people are rewatching friends and which is also great i'm i'm hoping that they would that new generations would discover something like this and be like wow that's actually such a good show that anybody can watch at any time and it would things and then, will still be doing the whole because I did the whole Star Wars thing about what's the right order to watch it in and like should you watch exactly, right. 601 before 445 of Breaking Bad or whatever. Um, right. Well, we're just one small podcast with five listeners. So let's not, well, we might not have the power, but let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. We have three episodes to go. Let's not, let's not, let's not jinx them. Let, 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 let them, let them <laughs> land the plane first. Um, yeah. But anyways, guys, if you're, like I said, if you're a music podcast, please follow us wherever you're listening. Um, Please rate and review. That really helps us. Really, really helps us. We're trying to get out through our algorithm. And go catch up on industry if you're still try- yet, to fi- yet to finish. And then come back and listen to us talk about it. If you do watch industry and you maybe showed you on the details, we did a whole review episode earlier this week on season one. So go listen to that. It's, very, it's actually quite short, shorter than I expected. It's just an hour. Talk about first season. Talk about why Gus is probably the best character on the show. And like, and none of us thought so in the first time we watched it until we went to rewatch. I'm like, oh fuck, this guy's actually the best character, and he might actually be a good person. We talk about how Robert is actually like quite nice, and I've watched the first episode of season two, and Robert only gets better. So guys, yeah, go watch Industry, and then hopefully we can come back and talk about Industry. And I know it will be back at some point. Talk about House of the Dragon. I don't know when. We'll try to figure all that out scheduling wise, but we'll talk about House of the Dragon. And yeah, but. For now, everybody, thank you once again. It's nice. My pleasure. With you again. It's been a, a few weeks. Um, I think you and I will be back next week. And then maybe Jibs will take over 12 and then we'll be back for the finale. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So thank you to all my listeners. Thank you to our co-host, my co-host, Jibs, on this episode, Ibuka and Chinedu. And of course, join us next week when we'll be joined by... The star of John Appeal's Nope, even though Nope has still not come out in the UK. I'm so annoyed. They pushed it back <laughs> in the UK, which made no sense. I, I've been, I know, oh, we had this whole thing where we were going to like avoid spoilers for Nope. Like, we hadn't got any trailer because it, meant to come out the same, it came out the same, it meant to come out the same day. And then I think like two months ago, maybe even last month, they pushed it. So now it's coming out in a couple of weeks. So now I'm seeing little things and I'm annoyed. Anyways, yes, we'll be joined by Oscar winner, BAFTA winner, 
Daniel Kalia. Thank you, Daniel Kalia.